everybody. Welcome to uh, finally a podcast. Finally, it has happened to me. <laughs> I mean, literally, uh, Matt had COVID. Yes. I had COVID. Yes. Uh, we're still here. Our kids and family members had sickness. No, not mine. No, well, mine did. So then it was all delayed even further. Favor of God. Favor. Well, we're all going to get it. (laughs) That's what our group chat is called. Literally our group. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I know. I think our group chat changed to we've almost all got it. Almost all. Yeah. Yeah. Because Carrie's invincible. Yeah. Uh, She's right there, though. She's right there. I I hope she does (laughs) it. I I hope hope she she doesn't, too. It's not. It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. But you know what? It's a flu. Nobody died. Whatever. We're we're uh, we're. We're living our best lives. Yeah, like um, no passports here and no uh, masks at the end of the month. I think a lot of provinces are moving towards that now. Yeah. So Doug it's good. Ford said he's just he's over it. Well, that's nice of him, Dougie. Doug, I found. Why out do we care about Ontario that much? I, I found out he he <laughs> was it the holidays or sometime there's a big snowstorm or something. Yeah. Where's Dougie? Not governing. What's he doing? Giving people rides in his truck. <laughs> Because well, he's a good person. Sho- shoveling, them, shoveling them out of their driveways. Yeah. Like, Dougie, Dougie, people are literally are literally paying $100,000 and more over asking in your province for houses. Yeah, it's nuts, man. You don't need to be shoveling their driveways, too. Anyways, politics. Anyways. Politics. Dougie Ford. Here we uh, are. Here we are, and we are in a new series... Uh, tell us what that is. <laughs> you forgot. No, no, no. Rose uh, and Thorn. Yeah, Rose and Thorn. Um, kind of based on like this idea that obviously roses are beautiful and they're wonderful and they're you know uh, I'm literally looking at three of them that I bought my wife for Valentine's Day. Um, you bought three? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, you think like the more you buy, that no, means no, the more I just, you love? I, I want to know why three. Because three is my favorite number. Okay. Okay. And one for Tegan, Bennett, and Vale. Oh, that's sweet. I won't see, but you were laughing at me literally like, three, four seconds I'm, ago. I'm trying to think like who walks into a florist and says, three roses, please. <laughs> Well, I do. Uh, obviously. You're, That's how I roll. You're Matt Bombay. That's how I roll. So Rose so, and Thorn. Yeah, Rose and Thorn. And just this idea that, you know, for every rose, there, there's also a part of that rose that has a thorn to it. You know, we talked about on our very first series, like Paul, you know, great man of God and all those things. But he had this thorn in his flesh, this thing on his side that kind of hindered him. So there's good and bad. And that's the whole idea yeah. is that... There is good and bad. There can be, and things that are good can be bad, but also things that are bad can actually be good for us. And kind of this, whatever, yin and yang type of thing. I go, am I allowed to say that? I don't know. I did it anyways. So yeah, that's what we are. That's kind of the series. And so last week we ended up talking about um, the first three books of the Bible in Galatians where Paul is addressing the Gentiles who are basically falling into this kind of spiritual peer pressure from the Jewish community to say, 
you're not being Christian the way we want you to be Christian. Or we, you're not being, you know, following Jesus the you're, way we're supposed to. You're not being to. Christian enough, and you're not being Jewish enough. You're not being Jewish. So you need to become circumcised, and you need to yep. follow these rules and these laws. And if you just follow the laws, then you're doing the right thing. And for people that don't know what a Gentile is. Yeah. What is a Gentile? A Gentile is a non-Jewish person. Person. Okay. Who becomes right. a believer, right? Like, right. like eventually the Gentiles are the... Anyways. So that's what happens, right? This, these non-Jewish people yep. accept faith in Jesus. Yep. And then they're told, you have to follow all these rules. Yeah. Because all these Jewish people are like, look. Yeah, we've got this sorted. Jesus was a Jew. We're Jews. We right. know. You guys are just dirty Gentiles. Gentiles. Ooh, gentile. Gentile. Uh, you guys are dirty. You eat pigs and shellfish. Yeah. What do you know about purity in God? Yeah. We love Jesus, but you also got to be Jewish. Right. So we, we're going to show you how to become better Jesus followers. And so yes. Paul writes this letter to them saying, guys. Um, how did you put it? You're idiots. Hi, my name's Paul. Yes. You're an peace, idiot. P- peace be upon yeah. you. You're an idiot. Yeah. He basically says like, you guys are following a gospel that is not the gospel of Jesus. Mm. And that, and, and so where we did the rose thorn thing was this tension where we find like Christians, mm-hmm. And maybe evangelical Christians, but a lot of Christians grew up, and it was a faith of do's and don'ts, yep. a faith of basically following the laws. You know, Matt, thou shalt not do this, and don't do this, and don't do that, and don't do this. And Paul comes in and says, the laws aren't going to save you. It's your faith in Jesus. Hmm. Now, the tension we have is that without works, our faith is dead. useless, dead. Yeah. Um, but works and following laws are two different things, right? And so we, we were just talking about how, you know, Christians have grown up with the do's and don'ts. Mm. And with that then becomes a misconception of who Jesus is, mm. right? We think that he is this almost judge and jury on a throne. Mm-hmm. He's a, um, you know, I've heard things like he's a God that sits up there waiting for you to fail Mm-mm. so that he can slam his gavel. Sin. Um, pork eater. Right? Some meatloaf video. Yeah. I don't know. I would do. Yeah. God rest his soul. Um, and it. so, Paul comes and kind of just throws this in their face saying, you're wrong. Yeah. Like you're wrong to a point where he even in, 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 is it the second chapter? He recounts a story that he went uh, to Jerusalem to meet with other apostles. And in this time that he was there, he even, <laughs> he even calls out Peter yeah. and says, Hey, you're a hypocrite. You know, like when you're in the when you're in the room with the Jews, you're you're this, you're that, you're playing so very, you, you know, you're very playing your very Jewish card. Yeah. Um, and then when you're with Gentiles, you're very Gentile. But when the Gentiles come into the room with the Jews, you're like, yeah. you know, and and Paul's like, you're, you're basically a hypocrite. Yeah. 
So it's a pretty strong letter, right? What you've told me it's your favorite book in the Bible. It's my favorite book. But when you were just saying like the the two the two instances of Peter, all I can think is Paul, uh, Paul being like, "Look, with these people over here, you're ha- you're a Hasidic Jew. You're like going out there. You're you're you're." You're shaking back and forth, talking about how spiritual you are. And then at night, you go out and you're a Tel Aviv Jew. (laughs) And you just go to the nightclubs. Oh, the nightclubs. (laughs) We make the best wine. Why are they French? Why are they French? I don't know. but You went French. You instantly went French. I'm sorry. I I can't do a good Jewish accent. Okay. Uh, But anyway, that's that's what I thought of was just like during the day, you wear a black coat. (laughs) At night, all I can see is your chest hair. Is Peter... Batman, like during the day. Anyways, so that's the premise. And so one of the things that I've been wrestling with is like this idea of intentionality, right? It's been kind of this theme throughout the entire year Mm -hmm. for us. uh, Well, 2021. And growing up, I don't know how much of it was preached taught even in the children's Sunday school songs we sang I don't know that it was intentional like the do's and don'ts but I think it was a way that we tried to teach our kids right and wrong sure where we tried to teach biblical principles yeah but it just became very normalized all the way to like uh, the end of youth group type of thing. Yep. And then you would get to college and it's like your brain would explode yep. because all the do's and don'ts are being challenged on so many different levels. You have all this freedom all of a sudden. Yeah. And your faith is challenged all of a sudden in your own, you're having like a personal crisis of faith because yep. you're not sure what you believe because your whole life was basically based on do's and don'ts. Yep. And I see the I see the comparison, you know, with Paul in Galatians saying, you know, you guys are going down a road where you're going to just be law followers yep. and not actual Jesus followers, not people who have a relationship with Jesus mm. because your your rules are trumping your relationship. Yeah. Well, it was a good episode. Thanks everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think I think you're See the I think the natural human tendency is to want parameters. And here's why because you can gauge of how well you're doing based on those parameters. We all love metrics. Love metrics. Uh, I, I I really do enjoy metrics. I like like there's a lot of good in them. The problem when it comes to your faith is that the gospel actually the metrics are so upside down it's actually very difficult um because like to be strong you have to show vulnerability and weakness hmm. to be somebody who is powerful you actually are somebody who's a servant right like it, like to all, be first you actually have, have to, to be, be last, last right like so sure, all yeah. the metrics are are upside down right so it makes it very tough because our natural propensity is to actually be people who are showing our worth and our, our, how we've attained something. So if I want to be spiritual, I want to show people that I'm spiritual. Right. I want to know that I've attained spirituality uh, in a way that is acceptable 
to show that I'm more not elite, but maybe elite. Well, maybe. but more like, oh, I've you know, I've I know what I'm doing. And Jesus just says, like, that's the craziness about the gospel. That's why it's so scandalous. It's because it's not based on your actions and your deeds. It's based on who you have chosen to put your faith into. Right. So then, like Galatians, that's why it's so one of my favorite books, because Paul's literally saying in that first chapter to um, to... <laughs> To all the folks that have been now been saying all the all the Jewish folks, hey, you gotta love Jesus, but you also gotta be Jewish. He says, like, you know what? Those people are bloody liars. Let them be accursed. Like, let them be condemned to hell. And he said, then he says it again. I will say it again. If you didn't hear, if you didn't hear me say it in the back row, you're gonna hear it. If you believe in this ridiculous gospel. You're literally going to hell. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's like he he is so he is so sure about the fact that the gospel is such a free gift to God uh, from God to people to all of humanity that's not based on your actions and your deeds. Like he's pointing out, there's literally nothing that you can do. Nothing. It's a free gift. Yeah. There's but and what it does is it takes the onus off of. You trying to prove yourself, it's you good. trying to attain something, you it takes the it takes literally all the focus off of you, yeah, and puts it on Jesus. 100%. The problem for us is we can't handle that. No, we want the focus on us, even that, even okay, even if you can take the focus off of you, yeah, you still feel like. Is so hard to just sit in a room and do nothing and know that Jesus loves you. Oh yeah, like you, I gotta prove it to him. Well, I should read my Bible. Oh, I should put some sort of Christian music on. I should. Yeah. Like it's so it's so hard to figure out that this thing there's nothing that you can do. Yep. And so all the law following. Sure. Do the laws give us parameters? A hundred percent. Hundred percent. All those things. But the irony of it is when Jesus came to set lost people free, the entire gospel can be summed up in what what Paul was saying was, if you just love God and mm-hmm. love people, yeah, you're good. But that, but that brings up the, the point that you were talking about on the weekend, like the difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And what most Christians can't seem to put together, for whatever reason, they are stuck in the letter of the law. Most New Testament Christians are stuck in Old Testament practice. It's the craziest thing. Mm-hmm. Like, when you look at the Ten Commandments, you can separate them out in, uh, you know, the first four are about God, the next six are about our relationship with other people. Others. Oh, you mean like love God and love others? <laughs> Crazy. What? Weird. When you look at all of the Levitical laws, all of them have to do with your relationship with God and how you treat other people, like the expectations around it. Even the laws about like disease, mildew, all kinds of stuff like that, the reason why they're in place is because it's about loving your neighbor. 
Like, don't, like, when you're sick, go out of the camp. Right. Don't give somebody else the plague. Don't, <laughs> don't give them the vid. Like, yeah, don't give them the vid. So, yeah. you know, so there, there's a lot of precedent for that, that, that the whole Old Testament is written down by the letter of it. You have to follow it to the letter. And, and like in my research, that, like you said, it is, it was about the idea of giving the Israelites parameters and guidelines because they sure. couldn't guide themselves. They couldn't uh, self-regulate. So they needed parameters and guiding to help them. Let, let's go just a little bit deeper into Come that. On, okay? I want to go deeper. So, because I love, but I don't know how to swim. I, w- I do love Stephen Chris Chapman <laughs> in my life. Does that but, seem, no, I, I thought that was delirious. Oh, delirious. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, he's got another, I want to deep. Every Christian song is, Come on. is very They're similar. all amazing. Um, so, just a little bit deeper, okay? So, fact. If you look at Genesis chapter 6, at that point in time, mankind is so evil, God says inside of Genesis chapter 6, my spirit can no longer contend with humanity. When you look at Genesis chapter 1, when God breathes into humans, he breathes his breath is ruach, which is so cool. Uh, Can you clean the microphone off, ruach. please? <laughs> ruach. Uh, spirit. Breathes his spirit into humanity. Breath, spirit. So that's the connection point that humans have with God, is that he, we have, in the beginning, we had a part of him inside of us, the Holy Spirit. Okay. Genesis 6 happens. We're so depraved. He's like, well, I can't leave this part of me inside of it and like it actually contend there. That's not going to work. So he takes it out. And now in the whole Old Testament, the reason why the Old Testament Israelites needed the law, the Torah, is because they didn't have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. The Spirit lived among them inside of the temple back past a veil but it wasn't a personal relationship. And every time they wanted to experience God's presence, it literally had to go to the temple. The transition into the New Testament is that now, after Jesus dies and resurrects, he says, I'm going to give you somebody who's going to be with you. The connection that was lost in Genesis 6, in Luke chapter uh, 2, now all of a sudden gets reinstated. Some people would even say John chapter 21, I think it is, gets reinstated into humankind in that now when you become a follower of Jesus, that peace of God that he wants to share with you now gets reinstated inside of you. And now you have this permanent connection with the Holy Spirit. So it's not about letter of the law anymore, because why would you need to follow the letter of the law when... God's own spirit is inside of you and is going to guide you in both, uh, you know, into the spirit of the law. Love God, love people. Right. And so while now you're spirit, doing that, you're, you're becoming more like Jesus. And the Holy Spirit filters that in you on a daily basis. Your decisions can be, the closer you get to God, the more he's going to filter everything through and help you filter everything through. Is this, when I'm doing this, is it loving God? When I'm doing this, is it loving my neighbor? Right. And like, like we freak out all the time. And the reason why we need all of the check marks and all the letters of the law is because 
we don't realize what we got inside of us. Ha! You right. literally have God saying, I want to be your guide. I want to be the one that counsels you. I want to be the one that's with you on a daily basis. And we're still walking around as though we're living in the Old Testament with some kind of temple and, uh, and, right. and we, he, he's living past the veil. That's why a lot of Christians are like, oh, you can't swear in a church. You can't do anything in a church. It's God's house. No, those buildings stop being God's house in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, you're God's house now. So you don't need to worry about all that junk anymore. Right. And it's, and it's, I think what, to kind of wrap this up, it's what has maybe turned non-Christians off Yeah. in the sense of, look at all the rules, yeah. look at all the regulations, look at all the criticisms of me. Look at, I could tell you countless, and I'm sure you could tell me countless oh, yes. stories of people who feel like they can't even walk into a, a church building or walk into a church because the judgment that's going to be passed. Yeah. Those people who are passing judgment, I would submit to you, are Old Testament. Yeah. They're not they're not loving God and loving people because if they did, they wouldn't they wouldn't be passing judgment on somebody's past history or sin because the Bible says we've all sinned. Yes. So the, they, they, the veil has been torn. The veil people. has been torn. So, so that's where you have this really weird rose yep. and thorn, mm-hmm. right? We have this beautiful thing called grace, this beautiful thing in freedom, the beautiful thing of the Holy Spirit coming into our lives and giving us this beautiful rose. Mm-hmm. But attached to this beautiful rose are humanistic things called thorns. Yeah. That are these Old Testament laws, these rules and regulations, these these do's and don'ts. And I believe not only does it cripple a Christian, but it also hurts your witness to people. And actually prevents you from living how Jesus intended for you to live. Like that's the other part we don't get about Jesus, right? Like when we read the Gospels, we're like, oh, Jesus, he was so cool. Healed people. Okay. Hung out with folks. Oh, you're getting more Southern. Yeah. Or, okay. I, just, I didn't know if you knew you were doing the accent right It's there. cool, man. Okay. okay. It's cool. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, I, I do things like uh, Jesus was so cool. Like, uh, yeah, he was pretty cool. But like, oh, but he died for my sins. And now I'm blessed and highly favored by God. Like, go on and on and on. Cool, cool, cool. But like, we don't, we don't think of Jesus's life as a roadmap for us for what a spirit-filled life should look like. Like, that's the whole point of how he lives out his life, is to give us a new idea of what humanity should look like, of what really being human is. Right. And so, like, I think sometimes we downplay the fact that life should be really good. And we should have a great relationship with God. And is it going to look perfect? Probably not. Are we going to struggle through it? Sure. Jesus struggles with it himself. Uh, You know, bleeding in the garden, uh, sweating blood because he's so nervous about what he's got to do. He even says, like, if there's any chance. (laughs) Just let me not do this. Yeah, let me not do this. So so I think sometimes we exaggerate. We're like, oh, you know, like, I'll just never get there. Sure. 
if you were living in the Old Testament, you could never get there. And even now, you can't get there on your on your own. Yeah. And I still think it comes back to what we talked about in a couple previous series, that it's almost like we can't allow ourselves to just bathe in God's grace, to bathe in the fact that I'm a child. Because we find out later in, actually in the very next chapter, chapter four, yeah. um, Paul goes into this analogy of a child and inheriting the kingdom, yeah. but being the same as a slave because... Like we are children of God. Yeah. And I want, you know, we both have children. We want the best for our children. We want to see our children thrive and we want to see our children succeed and give them good gifts and all these things with the the promises of God. And somehow as a real Christian, I still have a hard time thinking that God wants to do that for me. And so even if I do follow the letter of the law and I'm, and I'm old Testament, it's like part of me thinks, yeah, but God's not really going to do that for me anyways, but I'll just keep doing it. Yeah. It's like this weird tension. Maybe he'll like me at some maybe point. Maybe he'll like me and then do something maybe. I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird tension. And yep. I love I love talking about it because I think it's a tension that people live in on a, a daily lot, on a daily basis. Yeah. How could God love me? I have to do something to prove to him that I'm worth loving. Absolutely. And you're like, "Listen, he loves you so much. You just he just loves you so you just, much, and you can't do anything about it. So here, here's yeah, here's the thing. We still in the what? How long have we been doing this? Three months? Four months? Five months? I don't know. Okay. Like um, we still haven't figured out a way to end this podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, can we? Uh, Sing, sing no. our way out. Bye.